Welcome to this week's episode of Creating Magic. On today's episode, we're speaking with our friends Katie, Russell, and Maz, and we'll be discussing the tweets that were posted over the weekend. This episode does include discussions on transphobia, mental wellness, and there is cursing and probably some other adult content thrown in there. So just as a warning, in case that's not something that you want to hear, you may want to skip this week's episode. Hey, everyone. Today's conversation is largely centered around the latest transphobic comments made by J.K. Rowling. In the immediate aftermath of those painful, misinformed comments, two friends of ours, Katie and Russell, reached out and not only wanted to come and share their perspective, but they also wanted a friend of theirs, a trans activist and fellow Potterhead, Maz, to join. So that's what you're about to hear. However, before we get to today's episode, Danny and I wanted to spend a brief moment addressing the last couple of weeks. Like all of you, we've watched with our mouths agape at the unjust, inhumane, and brutal murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the sustained police brutality that's ensued in the last couple of weeks. We find ourselves hurt, angry, confused, frustrated, lost. We find ourselves sad over what's taken place. And we're white. We recognize fully that we've both benefited in our lives from extreme levels of privilege in ways that I think are both recognized but also unrecognized to us. Instead of, you know, in the immediate aftermath, coming out with a you know, reactionary statement, you know, condemning the brutality and the, and the inhumanity and, and the, the murder and, and the terrible, terrible, um, you know, militaristic tactics and, and enforcement that we've seen these past couple of weeks, instead of coming out with an Instagram post that says that, right, we decided to in some ways, spend the last week, week and a half kind of going dark and not putting out, you know, a statement, not not putting out an episode. Um, but we've also spent the past couple of weeks, you know, sharing resources, lifting up and amplifying Black voices and, and voices of diverse perspective from the Harry Potter community through our story and through our Instagram, um, because we believe that's what's important. You know, we, we've spent these past couple of weeks, you know, checking in on existing friends of ours who are people of color, people from diverse you know, minority backgrounds. And, and we spent the past couple of weeks listening to people of color who are new to us, uh, hearing their stories and attempting to even try and grasp the levels of anger and, and pain and, and despair that, that they feel. And through that all, we've started to enter into dialogue with a handful of people of color we've gotten to know from the Potter community, and we've offered them the opportunity whenever they may be comfortable, if they are ever comfortable, uh, to come on Creating Magic and share, frankly, whatever they want, to share their experience, their stories, their voice, how they're feeling in the aftermath of all of this, whatever they would like. 
And we want to extend that to anyone who's listening. Um, and any person of color, any, any person from a minority background, anyone with a diverse experience and a diverse background and diverse life. Uh, if you want to come on to the podcast and share your lived experience, we say yes a hundred times over. We're, we're always here. We're always happy to take whatever platform we may have. Um, and, and, and let you have it and let you use it as frequently as you would like. As a podcast, we've always said our intention was to bring together and highlight any and all corners of the Harry Potter fan community. And in light of these past couple of weeks, we feel that moral imperative even more strongly and commit to you, our listeners, that we'll feature more diverse voices, more diverse stories, and more diverse perspectives moving forward. Because Black Lives Matter. Black voices matter. Black perspectives matter. Black stories matter. And as you're about to hear in this episode, right, trans lives matter and trans rights are human rights. And yeah, so without further ado, here is the episode that we recorded with Katie and Russell and Maz. Today we are here with Steven. Y'all, why couldn't she have just written another chapter of that stupid children's book? Katie. Hey, guys. Russell. Hi. Daddy Russell in the house. Oh, we're doing this today, huh? Look, look, I just... This is the first time you've actually said that to me. I know that you've said it a few times. This is the first time you've said it to me. Look, all I'm saying is the world is a real shitty place right now. And I'm just trying to come in hot with some high energy right now because I just have a feeling that I'm going to need to try to keep my energy up this whole episode. So, Daddy Russell in the house. Well, I wasn't sure what podcast this was until just now. So, thanks for that. (laughs) And that is Maz. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. We're excited to have you guys. To have everyone here, minus the circumstances. Um, so to start off, let's get everyone's name, house. Preferred pronoun. <laughs> I was like reading Patronus. I'm like, that's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> we can do that too. Yeah, preferred we can Patronus do that too. and preferred pronoun. Okay. I like it. I, I have my generic outline up and I was like, that's not the word. Russell, I just want to note that Russell just kind of half said, what if they're the same? Which sounds like a joke, but when you analyze it, doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, no, Maz, why don't you kick us off, please? Sounds good. My name is Maz. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and my house is Slytherin. Okay, but what's your preferred Patronus? Oh, I'm sorry, an ocelot. Ooh. I like that. That's the first one I've heard of that. Yeah. Listen, I have very specific interests. <laughs> I'm uh, Russell. Uh, he, him, Gryffindor, and uh, Heron is mine. Yeah. Very nice. I'm Katie. I am she, her, and my Patronus is a Thestral. Oh, and Gryffindor. All the way. <laughs> Gryffindor. <laughs> 
thinking, I think we know, I think we know what house you're in now. And Danny, I don't, because I don't think we've ever, I know it's been a while since we talked about the Patronuses, but I don't think we've ever talked about our personal pronouns in the pod. So I'm just going to go ahead and give it a whirl here. Um, so I hope you all know by episode 20, whatever on that I am muggling khakis. Uh, he, him, proud Hufflepuff Patronus is a grass snake. Nice. And today is another episode where we have full house representation happening, which is always Love exciting. Uh, I am Danny. She, her. Patronus is a red panda. And I'm Ravenclaw. The other correct house. <laughs> wow. Wow. Listen, Hufflepuff I like you already. Is the best house. Hufflepuff is the best house, and Slytherin and Ravenclaw <laughs> are the correct houses. Gryffindors are fine if they stay quiet. <laughs> you know, I've worn you like a backpack, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I but I am small but mighty. <laughs> So I know I'm going to, for once, I'm going to try to steer us uh, on course here, Danny. You're welcome. I know, Katie, we've talked about this with you before. So if you want to give an abbreviated version and then uh, Russell and Maz, we'd love to hear your your stories as well. How did Harry Potter first come into your life? Sure. So... I think I've given a little bit of a backstory before on the podcast, but I'll give like a brief overview. Uh, started, let's see, I was around Harry's age and I hated reading. My sister threw the book at me. I was headfirst in and never left. The series inspired my whole life to travel the world, to inspire other, inspire other people's to live their life to the fullest and I started collecting the merchandise right then and there um, throughout uh, before the films were released started traveling for the premieres and Harry Potter events and conventions all over the world and dedicated my time to organizing uh, fandom theme events and giving back through charity and uh, giving Back to Lumos, which is actually J.K. Rowling's charity, um, donating money to that um, through events and charities. I'm trying to think of the last one. Um, it's just been an entire life filled with not just the stories, but involving myself in the community giving back to it and embracing the values that they teach. And I think that's, that's a very important thing that we'll touch on later as well. And I want to say, and I know for the thousands of listeners that y'all are not able to see what we're seeing here on the zoom as we record, but it appears to me that you are in one of the rooms from the famed Yahoo interview of old. Is that correct? Famed Yahoo interview. Sure. Um, the yeah, so there was a part of my life, uh, is doing interviews or Part videos. of her life is being famous. Look, she's not going to sure. say it. I she will won't say it. it. No, I don't think I'm actually... I have imposter syndrome with that. No, I, I have dedicated my whole life to Harry Potter. So, um, to the stories. And 
I, the community I, as well. And the community as well. It's so important to me. Uh, and, and I really has been my life um, mm. for, for since I was Harry's age, since I was 11. So embracing that to the fullest, it became a story that people could connect to and being um, open about it and, and being open about depression and talking about that publicly uh, helps people. And I'm, I'm, I love to, to help people. So that's something that also is involved in, in these uh, public stories that are out there. There's videos on um, Yahoo uh, as well as the one that we did together. Yeah. Uh, which was on wow my brain. NBC <laughs> this the is Today before show. quarantine so Today show. the Today Show Katie's, yeah, been, Katie's been on so many news networks that she can't remember what she's been on <laughs> this is quarantine brain okay <laughs> so okay that's fair look I, my never mind my social skills which were barely there to start but my brain definitely has atrophied some thanks to all this social distancing I will give you that. Um, Russell, I'm cur- I'm curious what your Harry Potter origin story is, and I'll ask a, a follow up as well, which is after you're done talking about how you, Potter came into your life, what what did the series mean to you, kind of during that initial exposure and experience? Sure. So uh, shortly after the second book came out, uh, it showed up in the library um, in my my town. Um, my mom picked it up and, uh, read it and, and had, and, and, you know, I, I picked it up afterwards and read it. I think my mom actually told you this story mm-hmm. not long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hooked into it. Um, my sister, uh, she's a couple years younger than me, really got into it. And it, it became a thing where anytime a book dropped, we were there, you know, the, the day that it was available, either at the library or at the bookstore and pick it up. Um, by the time I was 13, I was the fastest reader in the household by far, just because I just didn't ever put books down. Um, and so when a book came out, I would read it, and then everyone else in the house would read it, and then we'd be able to all talk about it. And that that continued until the movies came out. You know, we we went to the the movies together. It became an incredible family bonding thing. Um, I was never really engaged in the community, the Harry Potter community until very recently. Um, but, uh, but, you know, as a, as a family bonding thing, it was tremendous to, to, you know, keep, um, you know, to, to give us all stuff to talk about when, you know, when a, when a new book came out or when a new movie came out, being able to kind of bond that way. Um, so, so for what it meant to me, it's, it's always been kind of a, a special bond between my sister and my mom and, and, uh, and my younger brother who picked it up, uh, later on. Um, and it started a pretty significant history of, uh, you know, kind of books and movies and things like that that we would we would pick up and do together. And in in many ways, it probably shaped uh, the obsession that I have for pretty much all forms of of kind of nerdy pop culturey things. Um, you know, which which descends into uh, Lord of the Rings, which I picked up later, and and you know other other fandoms like that. Um, that I, I never really engaged with from a community perspective, but always, you know, dove into any scrap of information I could find about, you know, that that story. All right. And what about you, Mads? How did you kind of find the Harry Potter books and what have they kind of meant to you? So when the Harry Potter books first started coming out, um, it was right before the second one came out that my mom ended up 
also getting a copy from from the library um and she read it out loud to both me and my brother and that kind of started a trend with all of the books me and my whole family we fell in love with those books and every single time a new book came out my mom would sit down and read it out loud to us and sometimes we wouldn't let her stop reading to us and her voice would start to get sore and she would start to lose her voice from reading out loud so much so it became a family ordeal and um I didn't really start reading the books on my own until Deathly Hollows came out because by that point I mean, I was reading books on my own since I was a kid. I, I read books a lot and had read many books, but I didn't read a Harry Potter book on my own until Deathly Hollows because everybody in my family got so impatient waiting to see what happened. So they all kind of took the one copy we had in the house of four people to read it. And then I, had, I was the last one to get my hands on the copy to read what happened next. Everybody read it before me, before we could finally start talking about it. Um, so that was the, the beginning. It was very much a, a huge part of my family's um, connection to each other. And like when we would go on road trips, we would listen to the Jim Dale audiobooks, which I absolutely still love to this day and listen to often. Whenever I want to revisit the books, I usually listen to the Jim Dale audiobooks. Um, getting into the community I, a little bit when I was growing up in like middle school, high school, and then into college, I would throw Harry Potter premiere parties for the movies. I would make themed snacks, um, cauldron cakes, pumpkin pasties, butterbeer, the whole nine. Um, I would play wizard rock in the background, even though I was the only one in my friend group who had any idea what the hell it was. Um, and I didn't really find a strong fandom community, let alone just Harry Potter, but fandom in general, until I moved out to California. And actually, one of the reasons that I have the community I do is because of Katie and Harry Potter. Um, we have a mutual friend named Nigel, who is a Snape cosplayer, who's a really dear friend of ours, Nigel Taylor. And he was working on one of Katie's charity projects uh, called Nerdy Mysteries, and it was a nerd-themed murder mystery dinner theater um, charity that she had put on um, a few times, and one of the ones was Harry Potter, and Nigel flew out to California the year that I moved there to be in this, in this mis mystery dinner theater show, and I went to see him and support him, and through that show, I met Katie and a bunch of the other people that I still am really close with in the community here in California. So that was kind of my gateway to having any of the friends and the entire community that I am now a part of in the Southern California geek scene was because of Harry Potter. So typically on this podcast, we get pretty, pretty deep and, and, occasionally nerdy into various aspects of the Harry Potter series and favorite books, least favorite books, why Michael Gambon's acting choices are God awful. Um, you know, th things along, along those lines, but I just, Danny and I didn't really have a full conversation about how we wanted to structure this episode before we got into it, but I just don't necessarily feel like talking about that right now. I, so for the listeners, again, for the thousands of listeners that are out there, <laughs> we're recording this on Monday, June 8th. Um, and we wanted to talk with Katie and Russell a, because we love them and miss them and, and all of that. But B because Katie reached out to us and said that she felt very strongly as I think many people do. Certainly Katie's not unique in this um, about, 
those J.K. Rowling tweets, which feels like something we could say at any given point in history over the past couple of years now, sadly, but um, we're not going to reread them here. At least I'm not going to reread them here on, on the pod. They're that if anyone else on a different podcast wants to do that, that's for you. And, and, you know, Katie let us know that she had a friend, Maz, who, who also felt uh, strongly and, and had a voice um, and, and they wanted to come speak as well. So, Look, I'm just going to throw it out there. We all know what JKR said. How are we feeling? What, 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 if anything, do we want to start by saying about that? I'd like Maz to go first. Um, sure. So the one thing that I want us all to kind of remember whilst having this conversation is that fandom and community are bigger than the creators that create the art we commute around. That, that has to be the focus. That has to be the main, the main point. Um, there are no wrong reactions to the situation that we're in. If fans feel like they need to separate themselves, um, that's valid. I get it. If fans feel even more connected to each other, because of what's happened, that's also super valid. And that's the point where I stand. Um, I'm a trans queer activist. I'm from New York, but I moved to California in 2014. And I've been involved in local activism in Southern California for the last five years, um, working mostly focused on queer politics and sociopolitics with the LGBT community, but also with the Black Lives Matter movement, which is, of course, super relevant right now. Um, so that's my background as far as, um, being an activist and being politically involved for queer rights, but going into the topic of rolling and basically kind of showing her true house colors, as it were, um, was for me super disappointing. Of course, uh, Harry Potter is something that I have a strong emotional and, um, deep connection with it brought me the amazing family i can't really use another word um that i have in southern california of friends and geeks that i've gotten to know and love um and she can never take that away you know what i mean like that's i'm gonna get emotional i'm sorry (laughs) um that's not something that she has the power to take away Um, She can feel however she feels about other people who she's made up her mind about, regardless of uh, mountains of evidence before her. But when it comes down to it, it's what the fans think and do that matters. Harry Potter is bigger than the person that created it. Harry Potter is a community, is a connection between generations this is you're talking something that is cultural to hundreds of lives of people who grew up as these characters grew up like as the books came out people were growing up with the characters as the characters in the story grew so that's something that's inherently part of our culture i mean you don't go into any kind of I'd honestly just not just nerd community, but communities in general without eventually the topic of oh, what Hogwarts house are you in coming up? That's going to come up. Um, so for me, I feel even more 
compelled to hold on even harder to Harry Potter and this community out of spite against hate because that's what these books taught us. Yeah, I so I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with with the sentiments you just shared and, and I, I wanna kind of bolster those with a couple different thoughts, which is, you know, again, not not to silo you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and the terrible things that are happening right now, predominantly centered around the, the Black and African-American communities, apart from what's happening with all of this god-awful transphobia, because, of course, intersectionality matters, and, and that's a real thing, and it, it's not two separate worlds, but, you know, you know our, our friend Trey from I Am, I Am Black Harry has been talking a lot when he's been getting online about not responding to hate with more hate, and instead sharing love because that's what does make the community special. And I think that's one thing I've certainly seen across the community, again, beyond this past horrible couple of weeks, but over the past couple of years. Um, But the other thing I want to say, and then I will gladly cede and let let Katie and or Russell and or Danny for that matter step in is, you know, again, I'm not usually in the business of promoting other podcasts on our podcast, but um, our, our fellow podcasters over at Harry Potter and the Sacred Text had a really beautiful statement that I wanted to share because I, I think it echoes, Maz, exactly what you just said, which is, you know, the community response that we have seen has been beautiful. People telling each other they love each other and stand together. You know, we love our trans and non-binary friends um, and, and are so sorry about yet another hateful comment from Rowling. But this all reminds us of one core principle of what we believe in Harry Potter and the Sacred Text that the word sacred is an act, not a thing. It is what we do together as a community around the Harry Potter books that makes it sacred. It is not the texts that are magic, it is you. That is why we feel comfortable condemning J.K. Rowling and her transphobia, but still gathering around the books. They aren't her books, they are ours. And they've inspired us to love more and better, to take care of our friends at the margins, and to fight for what's right. Yeah, I think that says it beautifully. I mean, that's exactly right. Once you release art, a novel, a movie, anything, that it becomes, it belongs to the people that consume it. You're right. You know, like this, it's ours and we get to own it and create with it and connect through it how we choose. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm in kind of a unique position here because I, I discovered, um, I, I published a short story uh, that, that was kind of a, a fantasy story. Um, and, and roughly six months after it got published, I ran into a couple of people who really enjoyed the story and it turned it into a tabletop role-playing game. Uh, and one of the really interesting things about a conversation that I, several conversations that I had with them was uh, the way that they had interpreted a lot of the things that I had written in order to add content and to, to make the game more compelling because the story wasn't particularly long. Uh, and, and the interpretations that they had for a lot of the things that I had written were not what I had initially intended. Um, and in some cases where it was kind of a good thing because it, it, they, they interpreted things in a way that made me sound way smarter than I am. Um, but it was fascinating to, to watch that happen in real time, to watch a group of people enjoy something that I had done, but then kind of make it their own. And it is for, for, a creator to be able to see that happen live can be a really positive thing um, as, as long as you kind of are, are accepting to it and, and let it happen. And that's clearly not what's happening here. 
um, which is which is unfortunate. I, I think that the 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 Potter community, from what I have been able to observe, and again, I'm I'm super into this group. This is really just kind of the last year of my life being able to to kind of enjoy this amazing group of people. They're really I, I've not met a single one that hasn't been just a delightful human being. Like they're they're just incredibly warm and, and opening. But but more importantly, their interpretation of these stories has always been one of inclusion. I have not met a single Potter fan who hasn't had that underlying feeling to them that they just welcome any human being that walks by them that enjoys this thing as as something to talk about, as as something to to share in. And that is is more proof than anything else that this uh, this community has is not just um, is not just making the story their own, but but in very many ways have grown beyond the creator. And and I think that's just an incredibly powerful thing to realize as a community that that it's not that it's not that these stories were given to you; it is that you have taken them and grown them beyond what they initially were. Do you want to speak also about your opinion on the tweets? Uh, sure. So this, I, I kept circling back to this one kind of collective set of thoughts. Um, as like, I was trying to figure out why it was, because I like, you know, this is not the first time that I've seen Rowling say something like this, but I was trying to figure out why it was that this particular set of comments made me as upset as I was. And I think it, it came down to kind of this sentence. Um, we are in the middle of a pandemic uh, that, that has affected the entire world uh, while being simultaneously in the middle of a, a globally recognized uh, call to end police brutality, in, particularly in communities of color. Um, in the middle of a Pride Month <laughs> at the same time uh, that is now, that is now uh, you know, permanently altered as a result of the first two things. So yeah, it, you, you take a look at everything that's happening right now between the, the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and Pride, and you take a look at, at, at this individual with nearly unlimited resources and a massive charity at her disposal. I, I went and looked. Lumos has done basically nothing for Pride events. Um, they have done things for individuals who identify uh, within that community, but not for the community itself. Um, certainly nothing towards the police brutality events or anything happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, which is just kind of an obvious thing. And the closest thing we got to uh, support from during the pandemic, you know, no, no direct financial support that I could find um, for, for anyone suffering for the pandemic. But the, the closest thing that the, the Potter um, organization uh, did was, was essentially promise to not sue people for reading the book online, um, as well as getting a couple of celebrities to, to read chapters from the book for them. This is a person with basically unlimited resources, and this is where she decided to spend her energy right now. And that, that I think, is what really frustrated me the most. Uh, is to have just that much privilege and, yeah. and to trip like that. Yeah. And so I have definitely been struggling. So many people in this community are struggling right now. And I've finally been able to figure out not only what makes me angry, what makes me feel like I can move forward and how I can move forward, it's it's complicated and it's going to be complicated for everyone and, and it might take people a while to figure out where they want to move forward from this. But I feel personally that using... Um, J.K. Rowling has a position of power 
she has a platform that is very loud. People see what she says, people read what she says, and people take it to heart because this is a person that people have grown to trust. People have grown to recognize as a hero to them. And sorry. <laughs> this is this is a, a very deep topic for so many people. Um because I also was one of those people who recognized her as a hero, as someone I've looked up to my whole life who donated her time to charity, her money to charity, giving her money away. She demonstrated so many positive things, was demonstrating through years of, of kindness to the fans and kindness to other people around her and, and again, to, to charity. But there seems to be this, I'm not going to say it was hidden, but you don't know people. And I think that's also important. All of these people online that you might connect to, that you might look up to, that you follow, um, whether they are people who do reviews or people who are uh, just, you know, um, run a run a business from social media you don't know them <laughs> you really don't know people and convincing yourself that you know your heroes you know it, it's just it's something that you have to keep in mind um and this is just a small piece of information that we did not know uh and turns out it's pretty big and it is it's it makes a it makes a big difference for someone to be um exclusionary towards such not only is such a large uh number of people uh that look up to them but exclusionary towards towards a massive community that needs a voice right now especially right now and I think the one line that was said by her that really got to me was saying, I love trans people, but, and that's, that's the word she said, she said, but if they were hurting right now, if they were being suppressed, if, if they were, if the trans community was being put down in some way, I would march with them. And it's that level of uneducated speech that really got to me. The fact is, this is a community that has always, since the very beginning, been suppressed and silenced and not given a voice. And just that's, that's still to this day, it is still happening. Yeah. And for someone, for anyone to say that they are so blind uh, just to outright say that they don't see that is so disheartening. It's just, it's devastating. And um, it comes from a lack of education. And I've always been one to give people the benefit of the doubt and give people chances and give people time to educate themselves. 
But in this situation, she has had time to educate herself. She has unlimited resources. She has people and organizations, um, you know, approved organizations uh, that have reached out to her to educate her and asked to just talk. And she has refused them. She has refused to back down from her opinions that are hurting people. And I think that's what really makes a difference here. Yeah, I definitely, I will speak on that a little bit. Um, something that's really important for the listeners and, and people to understand is that the majority of violence against people who are in the LGBT community are against people who are trans. And the majority of that group are trans women of color, specifically. They make up the highest percentage of hate crime related murders in the queer community. Um, and it's it's worse in other countries. Um, during the Trans Day of Remembrance, what we do is we read the name of every single trans person that was murdered that year. The majority of those names are trans women of color. So this is not this is not a straw man argument. This is not, you know, just throwing out statistics. This is fact. Right? This is a situation that we are living in. Um and one of the things that bothered me the most is she was saying that essentially she was saying trans women saying they are women discredits her struggle as a woman that really resonated with me because trans women deal with more misogyny than any other group um trans misogyny is real and it's something that has cost people their lives and so to say that you think trans women invalidate your struggle as a woman is just validating your thought that trans women aren't women, that they don't experience misogyny, that they can't, because you don't think they're actually women. And that's a really harmful thing to put on such a big platform. It's heartbreaking. And it's dangerous. That's that's definitely important. So, I don't I don't know where you wanted this to go next, Stephen and Danny, but I I think like there's a really powerful set of conversations that happened around this event about what can be done, um, and I think a really important thing to keep in mind is that it's it is unlikely that any of us in our lifetime are going to be able to reach J.K. Rowling and, and explain this. And when I say any of us, I mean anybody interested in reaching out to her to try and, and educate her, not any of us specifically. Obviously, I'm not going to walk up to her house and knock on her door. Um, but the if you, you go and if you decide to go and find these Twitter comments to, to read them for yourself, um, what you, you will find in her replies are a lot of people who either agree with her or who have taken um, who, who have been quote unquote educated by the information that she has presented and, and have formed an opinion based on that. Um, I can't stress this enough. Those people are not lost. Um, if you have the energy to have that conversation, there, there are resources that make it a lot easier to, to have that conversation, to try and explain why that position is misguided, why that position doesn't make, you know, either um, a, a legal or physical or scientific sense because um, there are examples for each of those things um, 
So if, if you feel like you have the emotional energy to have those conversations, um, I, I implore you to locate uh, resources on the Trevor Project, uh, uh, com and, and, and a few other places um, where you can, you can find the appropriate kind of talking points to be able to explain yourself in a way that is, is easier to have those conversations. If you have someone in your life who, uh, who you know, saw those positions and, and kind of took rolling side, um, that it is, it is a conversation worth having, but it, it, I, it is super important that that conversation happens at your comfort level, not at theirs and not because you feel compelled to, um, don't, don't pick a fight with someone on Twitter. Um, you know, that if you have someone in your life, um, specifically who, who has had these thoughts and, and who, um, has, has kind of been steered down this, this really incorrect path. There, there are tools to have those conversations. And, and as long as you're able to do it safely, um, then, then, you know, go and find those resources and do that. Um, and I think that that is probably the best way to spend your energy if you feel like that's where you want to. And uh, part of that is also checking in with the people that you know, your friends, your family who are hurting right now, especially your friends and family who are hurting right now, whether they're in the LGBTQIA plus community, um, your, 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 <laughs> just anyone who's affected by the world events right now. Um, anyone who is, is feeling hurt or, or directly being drained of their energy and time and checking in with these, these friends and family right now is so important. That's one thing you can do and just listen, just listen to them, ask them simply what you can do to help. Don't, don't preach at them. That's not what anyone wants right now. They want to, they want to, you know, have their heard right now too. So that's, that's, I think that's super important for all of us to be doing. And that's something as a Gryffindor, I feel like I need to be actively involved in, in physically doing something. Um, and there are some people who are taking this information right now and walking away. And that's a choice. You're like, like Maz said, you are valid in that you, you can choose to do that. But burning your books, burning your merchandise is going to solve nothing. That is something you need to remember. These, this corporation has your money, has your time. You've already given J.K. Rowling and everyone a platform to speak. It solves nothing. But you can take it into, take it into your arms and move forward in other ways. You can embrace the community and help the community. You can talk about it online. You can create art that will inspire and help people to connect to. And that's what this podcast is about. It's, it's about creativity and art and community and reaching out and, and being involved in that can actually help people. So, so if that's the direction you want to go, that's valid as well. And I think doing the people find the resources themselves and others by reposting sources um, to help educate people. Um, <laughs> it's just, there are many ways to move forward. Uh-oh, I think we're losing internet. Are we still here? 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, we got we got like eighty percent of that. I, I I think the general gist of where you're going, Katie, is a really good place for Danny and I step in just to say, you know, we we look. I spoiler alert. I know I always say we have thousands of listeners. We don't really have thousands of listeners. Um, that said, we do have some form of a platform in the community. Um, it's not the preeminent platform that you're going to stretch the imagination, but I'd, I'd like to think that we do have some amount of people who tune in on Thursdays to listen to us. And so with that in mind, seriously, you know, we, we want to help amplify and share and, and highlight the stories of every corner of the Potter community. So, I mean, whether it's something as, as, strong as saying hey i want to come on the podcast and share my experience that's great we're here like we'll stay up all hours of the night to record we'll make it work if it's something as simple as hey here are like five good resources like here are three places that you can consider donating funds to if you're able here's a petition that you can sign that will help change some local legislation in oakland county and here's just an artist that i know who is a a trans artist who is producing really cool work whatever it might be like we'll, we'll we'll help share that. Again, it's predominantly going to go to like my cousins, my mom, and Danny's mom because that's our audience. But like, hey, we'll share it. Um, and 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 that's really, I I, I think one of the things, and I'll, I'll leave it at this: is you know, Danny and I have spent a lot of time over this past week and a half contemplating how we want to take this podcast forward. Because as Katie said, like the podcast has always been about sharing stories from the Potter community and hearing from people that make up this community. Cause again, it is the community that makes Potter special. Uh, don't get me wrong. The books are damn good, but at the end of the day, they're just words on a page. It, it's all of us that make this special. Like, like Maz was saying, it's the community, right? It's, it's getting to know Katie and getting to know Russell and going to events and going to conventions. And like, that's what makes this unique. Um, and so I, you know, that's always been our intent with the podcast, but I think now we recognize that there's, even more of frankly a moral imperative right listeners be damned it's just more of a moral imperative for us to 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 share the experiences of others like as strongly as we've wanted to share our own right um and so yeah i you know that that that's a whole lot of rambling that's to say you know our our dms are open I, you know creating magic podcast at gmail.com either danny or i's instagrams as well like we want to hear your stories and we want to help share them good, bad, or otherwise, you know, share, share, share some books that you love, share some other fandoms and, and stories that you love. That's really important right now too. If there's, you know, a, a series you love, if there's uh, you know, a community that you love, I mean, share it, that, that can help people as well. Yeah. And magic existed before Harry Potter. Remember that. Yeah, I mean, for those who are feeling a little bit, not lost, but feeling a little bit disconnected and disoriented as to where to move from here, I mean, that's a really good point, is share other kinds of stories and art and media that you're passionate about. Give people other things to connect with if they feel like something they've been connecting with for so long they need a break from because of what's been going on. Um, that's, that's, you know, put that energy into something else, into a kind of energy you're familiar with, being passionate about something. Like, that passion for Harry Potter, if you, if you need to take a break from, from directing that energy to Harry Potter, then direct it somewhere else. Do you um, have a, a content suggestion that you would go with, Mez? Like, it's kind of your default? 
Um, my default when I'm not uh, Star Trek, Doctor Who. Those are my my other two big fandoms. Um, also Farscape, but that's a little bit more niche. <laughs> but <Nice>. definitely, <laughs> listen. <laughs> but I mean, there's there's definitely fandoms out there. There are communities out there. I I have friends that stretch multi different fandoms. Um, I know Russ is a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, um, so <laughs> that's definitely a good one. Um, but, but just know that you know that it is okay to d- redirect that energy if you need a break, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Also, just to correct something I said earlier, I didn't mean it validates Rowling's opinion. I mean it confirms her opinion. Just to clarify, you're good. <laughs> I, I thought about that for the last ten minutes. I'm like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> And going off of what Stephen said with we're more than welcome to have you on the pod, shoot us a message. But also, even if you don't want to be on a pod or don't want to share anything, but just need someone to talk to, we're all available. Like, don't be afraid to reach out to us if you just need someone to speak with. And I know Katie is definitely open to that and I know a lot of the people we've had on are willing to talk like don't be afraid to reach out don't feel like you're bothering anyone if you just need to talk to someone to help process through your feelings or emotions on this yeah I mean shit I'm living with my parents in rural South Carolina and my only social life is playing double tennis twice a week with two 70 year olds um so I'm all literally always around. I met Katie. I am guilty of that with you 100%. I am so sorry. Um, but I don't, I don't ever hold you. I never hold anything against you or any of my friends for that. There are times when I have to mentally take breaks from responding to people or mentally take breaks from social media. I mean, I have my own anxiety as well as anyone. So I completely understand that. And, and yes, I'm absolutely here for you guys. I'm here for my friends. I'm here for any followers or just people online. Just never be afraid to reach out. I'm, I'm here to talk. I'm of it. And if you call her instead of try to get her over Wi-Fi, maybe you'll be able to hear every word of every sentence that she utters. It's worth a shot. <laughs> no. Are we back? Is it working? <laughs> no. Fine. Is it working? Is it working now? Can you hear me now? That's better. <laughs> better adjacent. Hear me now? We can hear you. Yeah. But you're, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, they're there moving now. now. I don't know where I cut out, so I'm just going to say the whole thing over again. But to Stephen's point, Stephen, I I will never hold it against anyone for not replying right away. That is, is something that I understand personally. I also have my own anxieties. Sometimes you have to take breaks from social media. Sometimes you have to take breaks from replying pe- to people. Uh, as Maz has a beautiful way of, of talking about spoons. And sometimes you only have so many spoons every day. And you just, you, you've used them all and you need to take time for yourself. And that's absolutely acceptable. But on uh, the other note of reaching out, please don't ever hesitate to 
reach out to me. I am always here. I love helping people. I love talking. It is perfectly acceptable for anyone to reach out to me. So please don't hesitate. Uh, Katie's referring to something called spoon theory. So for those of you who aren't familiar, just go ahead and Google spoon theory. But it's essentially just having only so many spoonfuls of energy, whether that be physical, emotional, mental energy for the day. And something as simple as, you know, getting out of bread and making yourself breakfast could take three spoons and you only have 10 for the day. It's just that's the basis of that theory. Um, To touch on a little bit of what Katie and Russ said about reaching out to people, if you want to reach out to those who are currently struggling with the current situation right now, um, instead of asking people, are they okay? Because no, they're not. Just ask them, hey, I'm holding space for you. What can I do? Just let them know that you are holding space for them. Ask them of how you can support them um, and let them, let them tell you that. Um, that's the best way that I have been told by other people who are struggling right now and also that I prefer to be checked in. Like, I'm holding space for you. I'm here to support you. If you need anything, just let me know the best way I can do that for you. And my, my inbox is, of course, always open and I will respond when I can. So that is a really nice segue, and I'm going to leave the joke I had about slotted versus ladle versus soup spoons. I'm just <laughs> not even going to touch that one. Um, but that's a really nice segue to ask you all to plug your socials. Where can people find you both for content fun and vibrant and exciting, but also should people want to reach out um, for any particular reason? My Instagram is probably the best. Mazface, M-A-Z-Z-F-A-C-E on Instagram is the best way to find me. Daddy, what about you? <laughs> I am at Russell Holly on everything. You're mostly on Twitter. I am most active on Twitter, but I, I, I do exist elsewhere. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is, is is Russell is Russell Holly your OnlyFans account? Yeah. Cool. Cool. We'll follow Just up offline. Make sure that you do that. It has to be first name, last name. If you go last name, first name, it's a totally different account. Nice guy though. Support sex workers, guys. That's right. But, no, but but real talk. Look, real talk. Let me just say, like actually, I, though. I know I joke around <laughs> a lot on this podcast, and I will continue to do so. We could have a whole podcast about decriminalizing sex work because that is something that needs to happen in this country. But support sex workers in any and every way you can uh, because it is fucked up that we criminalize, stigmatize, and marginalize sex workers. Anywho, Katie, where can the people find you on the socials? The people can find me on Instagram at the Harry Potter fan, on Twitter at Katie Potter. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me. I'm here. Uh, so if you're if you're interested in something that is very magic related, uh, that is that is not uh, the Harry Potter universe, but could easily be kind of adjacent to it, um, I definitely suggest there's a there's a pair of books that are out now, and there are going to be more of them that are going to come out in the in the coming years. Um, it's uh, by an author named Tomi Adeyemi. Uh, the first is called Children of Blood and Bone, and the second is called Children of Virtue and Bedzoots. Uh the, the two books are incredible. It is coming-of-age magic kid story um, told through a very different lens uh, than, than you will get from Harry Potter, but it is incredible. If you have the opportunity to pick up the, the uh, audiobook instead of the physical book, um, the, the voice actor who does all of that 
uh, does an amazing job pronouncing all of the words in ways that if you try and read the book and you are not from Africa, you will struggle with. Um, so it's, it's a fantastic book series and I definitely recommend you, you give it a listen just to give yourself a different perspective that is still well rooted in magic. Yeah. And I actually have a book plug as well. Do it. I, I have one book plug of a series that, uh, we were reading together and we are on the second book. So I don't even know how it ends yet, but I'm, I'm really involved in it. Uh, and it actually, it has some really important values that it's teaching and showing in it. Um, it's called Once in Future. Uh, we are both really enjoying it. Can you say something about it? Uh, yeah, so it's, our, it's Arthurian legend in space. But it also, like the, the, some of the main concepts behind it. Uh, it features two trans characters, three non-binary characters. Uh, Arthur and Merlin are not at all the way that you would originally pick them up from uh, from reading the stories. It is it is a fantastic kind of spin on its head for Arthurian legend. And and if you are interested in that kind of thing, you should definitely pick it up. Yeah. So I want to wrap up, and this is the last question. I'll have Danny, and then of course, given that this is your podcast, you can feel free to wrap up however you would like. Um, but the last question I have. Uh, calls back to one of the first questions I had, which is, I asked y'all earlier what Harry Potter meant to you the first time you experienced it. And, you know, I'm, you know, qualifying that is at this date and time, right? That is June 8th, you know, sometime in the evening, depending on what time zone you're in, knowing that it can change based on the day, based on, right, whatever. How how do y'all feel about Harry Potter now? Harry Potter is still my community it's my family it's something that will be deeply rooted as a part of me um i will hold on to harry potter and walk forward knowing that it belongs to me and the people who love it and that i will be forever grateful that i found it I have a niece and nephew who are reading the books for the first time uh, and they're, they are both young and are reading it through the new illustrated books uh, that have been slowly released, uh, which is kind of a cool thing for me because I've been able to buy these giant books for them uh, for, for birthdays and Christmas and stuff and have them really enjoy them. Um, they went to the parks uh, for the first time in Orlando this, uh, this uh, shortly after Christmas this year um, and, and got to, you know, do the robes and get their own wands. And it's been just this incredible thing to watch them, uh, you know, kind of absorb this thing from my childhood and still really, uh, you know, kind of dig into it and really like it. Um, and, and I'm going to keep pushing them into this. I'm going to keep encouraging them because one, it's, it's a massive encouragement to read, um, which has been really great for both of them, but also it's, you know, it's something that they can get excited about. And I, I don't have to talk to them about the author. Um, the, you know, it's been said kind of as a joke uh, on, on Twitter and Facebook for the last couple of days, but you know, it, it, you know, it's kind of funny that we have this really great book series and just don't know anything about this mystery author um, who was responsible for them. And I don't have any problem presenting that to my niece and nephew that way. Like just, so that's no, I definitely don't feel any differently about the community and, and I'm still going to encourage people who want an immersive universe uh, to, to read this among other things. Right. Um, for me, I think it's, I'm not going to, I think it's just, oh, sorry. It's so hard for me when I get really into it and think about it, but this is an emotional time for, for me, um, taking this 
person that I looked up to that has been my hero my whole life and deciding that they are no longer my hero because the people in my life that I consider heroes have the same values as me and this person does not anymore. Um, or maybe she had these same values the whole time and I didn't know, but now with the new information that I have, I know now for sure that this person does not hold the same values that I require from my heroes. So no, she's no longer a hero of mine and I can't support her values anymore and I can't be following there's no reason for me to continue following her and what she says um unless you know in the future she comes out uh educated around this subject and if she apologizes you know i i'm definitely a forgiving person but you have to put your actions where your words are so i would have to see action um in in not only showing that you've you've educated yourself, but also providing um, uh, a way, an outlet for, to, to fix the harm that you've, you've done. And until I see that, I, I have to step away from her as an author. But that doesn't mean I have to step away from the community. It doesn't mean that I have to step away from the stories or this magical world that I love and that we all love and hold so close to our hearts. I don't need to forget all of the years and the travels and the conventions and the music and the movies and the fan art and the videos and the spinoffs and the parodies and just everything that surrounds us in this community that we have built as a community, as a fandom. I don't need to forget that. I don't need to hold that in my heart any less. It's, it's more now, in my opinion. It is even more that I want to reach out and, and help and make art and do anything I can to show that this is not who we are. Um, she does not have to speak for the community. That is the community that we can speak for ourselves. And we are, and that's so important right now, we are. If you look online for the people who are not just fans, but people who are involved in a, a business sense or, or the actors or various people, um, I mean, I can name some of them. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, you know, is speaking out um, on the Trevor Project. Please go look that up. It's very important. You see these people who mean, who, you know, even Daniel Radcliffe is a hero to some people. So you see these other heroes um, and just maybe, maybe think about putting your energy um, into other heroes. That's, that's just what I'm going to do. And for me, um, yeah, no, Harry Potter doesn't mean anything less it's it's the community and family how about you steven it's weird because i keep trying to contextualize what's happening to this to this series that we all love into other events that are not one-to-one but are fairly similar right like for instance we all know that Chick-fil-A's organizational leadership is incredibly homophobic and toxic, but at the same time, many people still buy and eat their chicken, right? We, we know that there are 
decades worth of incredibly serious, valid allegations of pedophilia against Michael Jackson, but many people still listen to his music, right? We've all known for, to varying extents of, of what, what I'll, the word I'll use is certainty, but like we've all known for a while that J.K. Rowling has held some pretty troubling views. Like, again, to use like a Twitter cliche, like you were talking about earlier, Russell, like she went and said the quiet part out loud just now. Um, and it's like, now, now it's there and like, it can't be taken back. Right. Like, and it's just, it, you know, for me, I, I know that Danny, I'm sorry, but this is going to be just a ramble. You know, for, like, I always grew up jokingly talking about the lack of representation in Harry Potter for me as someone who's Jewish. And like I said, half jokingly, but also like, Hey, I am also Jewish. I feel you. The goblins bother me, but we don't have to talk about that. Right, right. Hey, yeah, the the those those money grubbing goblins and like, hey, Anthony Goldstein, Goldstein. But like, at the end of the day, like that, like part of me feels so guilty for, for complaining about that because I, I'm a look. I think I look kind of weird, but I'm a I'm an average looking cis het white male i you know that what the, what the fuck do i have complain about something like that so i that's it's all to say i'm still gonna read the books i'm not gonna stop reading the books i'm still gonna collect the books and 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 you know do the things i do with the fandom and i i think y'all all said it better than i ever could it's because of the community it, it truly is right like I'm not doing a Harry Potter podcast if I don't meet Danny at, you know, Celebration Harry Potter in 2018, right? Katie, you're not on this podcast if, you know, we don't meet you at Leaky Dallas in 2019, right? Like, this community, again, I know I've said it on this podcast before, but, like, truly, it's a social construct, and it happens to be constructed of vibrant, incredible, wonderful people. And so I think that's where I'm going to continue. I think as, you know, again, we're only 20 something episodes into this podcast. I think that's really where my, my passion for the series has really been transitioning to. I think it's going to continue even more heavily now, just transitioning into less about, you know, the, the, the seven books and eight movies and more so engaging with the people I love and the, the people who I am getting to know who are incredible people who, who make up this vast vibrant community. Something to maybe make some people feel better. One, read Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> you are the best guest we've ever had. <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> Definitely read Harry Potter fan fiction if you're having some struggles with the original story. Um, it definitely... It's, it was always such an outlet when I was growing up. I wrote and read so many. Something else to sort of speak on what Stephen said in regards to, like, not feeling guilty about buying or spending money or whatever. There is no ethical consumption in a world of capitalism, right? Oh, like, my God. <laughs> the, okay, look, I, I want to start another podcast called Mark's Monthly, and we can get into this so damn deep. <laughs> I can talk oh. to you about whatever you want. <laughs> oh, my God. So for the listeners, look. What happened here was Mads came in and with before we hit record had like two really like conscientious like notes about, about like like should they back up the audio file should they have a second recording in case what happens if like the audio drops in the file like incredible incredible guest 
uh, Maz laughed earlier, although I didn't mention it about my Michael Gambon making bad acting choices line. Um, Maz reads fanfic and writes fanfic. Um, what? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a fucking. <laughs> we Danny, the po- Danny, the podcast is peaked. Stop. And and Slytherins and Hufflepuffs get along. Like that's a known fact. I, Holy shit! I'm just gonna put it out here right now. If we don't get a follow up episode that is Stephen and Maz talking about Harry Potter fanfic, I'm done. Right. Like, I need that episode. We can talk about it. We can talk about slash fic. We can talk about whatever you want. Oh my god, Danny! <laughs> <laughs> so hey, thanks, Katie, for his dragging face me right now. Like y'all can't see his face. Oh. He's so excited. This is definitely Christmas morning for Steven. Hanukkah morning. <laughs> Thank you. I was just going to say. Going Look, this is not a multiple gift situation. This is a one big gift situation. Look. I don't make the rules. You people don't get one big gift situation. So, uh, Look, Christmas no, morning. we get me. seven gifts. That's so what eight, I'm saying. Eight, Christmas actually. morning. Christmas morning for me is waking up feeling incredibly bloated from the Chinese food that I had. The night That's fair. Thank you very much. Thank you. Fine. Wow. I I don't know how to say (laughs) it's Christmas for you, Rude. This is wow. I'm really glad that you guys get along because Maz is a really good friend, and I just yeah, I needed to bring them in because it's important. Um, one of our friends on Instagram, someone who has been on the pod before, and I will leave it at that. Let the listeners guess who it was. DM'd me maybe this morning or yesterday and said, not all heroes wear capes, some wear khakis. Oh! I cried, I laughed, I hit the little double tap for the heart. It was beautiful. Episode over. 